Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive, Hardwater Fishing Show, Season 5, Episode 8. It is the final week of 2021. Holy cow. I know. We've got eight episodes in, and we are excited about our topic this week, Jay. I, I'm very excited. I'm finally excited, too. On our eighth episode, I actually caught a fish since the last episode. Whoop, whoop. I mean, that, that's <laughs> been a long run. <laughs> it has been. So, so in celebration of your fish, what else are we talking about tonight? Oh, so we have Max Loesch on, and this is what makes it an international edition. He is the head content creator and owner of Strike and Catch, a website and a Facebook page, and he does a lot of writing, and he is from Sweden, which is super cool. So we'll talk to him later in the show. But don't worry, he speaks English, so for our listeners... You don't have to know Swedish to listen to the podcast or the interview. Yeah, we didn't even actually ask him to talk in his Swedish language. Yeah, I think he might have immigrated into Sweden, though. He said maybe he oh, lived that's in right. another country yeah, before he that. Did. So he did, but I'm, I'm assuming he speaks all the languages. I would assume. I would assume <laughs> the same thing. So moving forward, Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? Okay, I've got something a little exotic tonight. To go so, along with the international edition. It is. This is very international. In fact, it is out of this world. You've got Moon Beer? I have. It's made by Three Floyds Brewing Corp. It has new horizons of flavor. It is an American pale ale. And the name of this American pale ale is Space Station Middle Finger. Space Station Middle Finger. And there is an okay. image of the space station, and the end of it looks like the middle finger. What? What? Where was this brewed, Jeff? It is brewed Munster, Indiana. Huh. Three Floyds Brewing LLC, Munster, I Indiana. Why they're so angry at the space station? I don't know either, but they gave it the middle <laughs> finger. Space station middle finger. All right. Okay. All right. Open this. You gotta stuff open this up. up. Here we go. Tastes good. A mild IPA. That's what I would describe it as. So kind of like month-old carpet. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy IPAs. <laughs> I know you don't. But I tend to get IPAs. I don't like... I it's not well, all I drink. Story. You like stories. You like stories they, on your beard. It's not IPAs all I drink. notorious for story time. I know. It's not all I drink, but people tend to give me... Some people don't like IPAs like you. Mm-hmm. So like over Christmas... Um, we tend to get beer as gifts quite a bit. I don't know. We just get different beers, you know, crafty beers. And my brother-in-law doesn't like IPAs. So he's like, what do you have in your fridge? I'll trade you IPAs for something else. So ah. I end up with all these IPAs in my fridge. So. so you have like an IPA rescue program. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I traded a couple spotted cows for a couple IPAs. That's awesome. So, so yes. Okay. Yeah. So my beer, once again, has come to me from a... An interesting source tonight. So this came from 
my younger brother to you and to me delivered on a lake. Yeah, I gave I brought this beer to you. You did. And I, you know, I I think I you know, I you know, I've been on the old man beers and I had the Bud Light problem. We're not going to go into depths on that. <laughs> the, you'll Bud have, Light, you'll, the Bud Light fiasco. The what, Bud is Light it like, in, we'll call it an incident. The incident. Bud Light gate? Bud Light Bud, gate? Bud gate? Bud I gate? Know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so I, is this an old man beer, Jeff? All right, we're just going to call it. I don't know what you call it. Well, I, I'm drinking it in hopes tonight. So this, what this is, this is a Milwaukee's Best Ice, which is good beer. And I'm drinking it. And hopes that the word ice will help ice form where I live. Jeff, just before we got on the show tonight, we had thunderstorms roll through. Oh, boy. We had lightning and thunder. And then I had, it was at least a little sleety hitting the, the windows of the house. I mean, it's not looking good. <laughs> it, it is snowing as we speak outside. We are in a winter storm warning. We did not, so. I did not, well, that would explain you're further north, but I got sleet and thunderstorms here. So, all right, here we go. Here we go. All right, well, let's try this here. Yeah, that's good. I made sure it was nice and cold, too, which I think is the key to Milwaukee's best ice. I'm sure it's been cold and warm at least five times, considering it sat in my car on the way well, down. Who knows what the where it came from from Matt. Like, it's possible it rolled around the back of his pickup for a while or, you know, was up at the cabin over the summer when his buddies yes. were up. I mean, who knows? But it's yes. good. It was a it, the price was perfect. Perfect. Well, and, right. and when you get them get delivered to you, it kind of has more special meaning. It took right? so much restraint to not drink that beer when we were fishing on the ice. Yeah, on the I ice. Know. But I I have a lot of I people look at me and they know they have, I have self control. All right. Well, I think we lamented over our our <laughs> beer beverages tonight, so uh, we should talk about patrons. So. Excited to announce we have a new patron. So Wirehair supported the show at the Weekend Warrior level. So thank you to Wirehair for that support. Um, he, thank him and all the other patrons that we have. We actually have, you know, some some special benefits to that. And we'll be doing those coming up here real soon for, for patrons like um, monthly Zoom call or also access to our, our little chat area that's a little more private than on the Facebook page. So um, if you wanted to be part of those, you can find patron information on our website wonderful and thanks you to everybody and show business so you can use our amazon affiliate link if you want to support the show we get tiny little bit from some of the things that if you buy something from amazon we get a little little help for the show there um, you can buy our merch like our sweatshirts and hats and that kind of stuff on uh, find a link to our merch on our website you can also interact with us on instagram and facebook yeah, I, I want to talk about that for a minute, just real quick. So on Instagram, people have started uh, tagging us in certain posts that they do, like on their story or whatever, and I really appreciate that because then if, if you're a listener and, and I can, then it, it notifies me and I can go out and look at your stuff. And you know, because you know how these algorithms work, I you follow a bunch of people and and I have no way to keep up on listener content. So if you tag us, then I can go look at it. And then, but I really want I want to challenge everybody when you get a big fish, please use that hashtag. Hashtag outfish Jeff. I'm really trying to grow that this year. <laughs> You're trying to grow that. Whether or not it's true or factual. It's all factual. Okay. It wouldn't be, right. it wouldn't be true if it wasn't on the internet. 
yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you can find all of our information on hard, hardwatershow.com, our website. And we do have a YouTube page where I mainly put our video versions of the podcast, but there's a few other different um, different videos out there too. Um, yeah, And you can also email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. So that's how you can get a hold of us and find us out there. This is kind of a big big announcement, Jay. It's just in current events. This one's pretty yeah. big, right? So yeah, we're we um we're gonna go we're gonna go to an an an, an event. I don't know how and else to say. We will say be it. there, both of us. We're we're gonna be there in person. So um our there's a lot of people in fishing named Max, apparently, which is really interesting. But yes. another Max, Max from Hardwater Freaks, has been putting on with uh, his group uh, ice fishing event in and over in Wisconsin, right, Jeff? Yes. Yep. And what they do is they put on the Hardwater Freaks annual ice event, and they do it in partnership um, in, for their main beneficiary, which is the Wisconsin Wounded Warrior United, which is a nonprofit organization um, to, to give back to veterans and engaging them in the hunting and fishing which is super cool. And so that the, all the proceeds from this event go to help them. And I think there's maybe, is there some other things that they, they benefit? I know the Wounded Warrior Project for sure. I think it was like Fishing from the Heart was the other one. I oh yeah, I think there. that was it. Yes. And so we're going we're gonna to be at the event. We, we got our tickets bought, cars packed. Well, maybe not yet. Well, <laughs> maybe not cars packed yet, but. But we're going we're gonna to head over there. We're going to podcast um, from the event, probably do some interviews with some folks, and 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 of course, most we're going to do some fishing too. So, Jay, it, when is the event? Oh, good question. January 29th, Saturday. Cool. And so, if you cruise on over to Hardwater Freaks Facebook page or even ours, I think we'll probably link it up on ours too. You'll be able to find a link to the event. So it should be a good time. I think they had over 400 people participate last year. Yeah, and I think tickets were like twenty five dollars. Twenty five, um, and bucks. there's a limited number, so you know, I you think want to get is there a there. limited number? I might have just told you that to get you got get your ticket bought. When I signed up, it said there was less than ninety available. Okay, because there was ninety nine so, when I signed up. Yes. So there you go. Yes. That's what I know. Yes. And I if haven't. not, if Max listens to our show, he'll uh, he'll fact check us. If we miss, <laughs> yes, we'll get some. We fact screwed checks. something up. We'll we'll, yes. we'll be notified and we'll fix it. Brandon T wrote us. Um, he, he sent me a picture of this northern. I'm like, wow, that's a really big looking northern. You know, and sometimes in pictures, you can't tell how big things are, right? It's kind of, but it looked big. So I said, how big was that? And Brandon goes, oh, it was 38, 38 inches and 19 pounds. I'm like, that's a big northern. Was that a United States northern or was that caught in some other country? Um, was that like a, a Mani Manitoba northern maybe? It might have been in Canada, but I can't remember for sure. So this sounds like... Your mileage may vary on the fact checking of that. I'm sure Brandon can send us a message and tell us if we were right or wrong but on that. So. Regardless, I would tell you that is a hog. Yes. <laughs> wow. We've seen big northerns come through a hole like that before. It is crazy. Crazy. Yeah, because you got to put your hand on there, but you don't want to put your hand down there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen blood <laughs> everywhere, not from the fish. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, this is going to hurt, but this is what's got to happen. Kind yep, of a situation. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of you know you have you have to question yourself. What am I going to do, right? Northerns weren't you, you made don't... for noodling like catfish, where you just stick your hand in there. <laughs> noodling, not if you want to keep your do arm. Do not do that. Do no. not. 
oftentimes they say mileage, do what you want, but do not stick your hand in a northern's mouth. But but you you're not going to get one of those out with an assist without an assist. You're going to need I would, an assist. Or I would think, unless yeah. you're fishing with like hundred pound braid and big treble hooks, maybe I don't know. Maybe one of those mesh gloves. Like if you had a mesh Ooh. glove, you know, like you shark tr- week. You should try that first because I'm not convinced. Chainmail, like chainmail glove. Still not no? convinced. It wouldn't poke you. <laughs> okay. So we'll get you. We'll get you a glove and we'll give it a try. Kevlar. Maybe, I think that's more. Do they make bullets. Kevlar gloves? I think that's more for bullets. Oh well, I don't know. In, in northern teeth, <laughs> don't know. I have no idea. Somebody's. We're going to get a ton of fact checks on this. We're talking about stuff we don't even know what we're talking about. We have here. no idea. Like, this episode's yeah. already headed, headed <laughs> in an interesting. Thankfully, when we talk to Max, I think it'll all. Yes, buddy from Sweden. There, it'll it'll all square away. So we got a message from Lisa G, and I had to kind of reach out on this one, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Um, it was follow up to when we talked to Colby. So Lisa asked, I enjoyed the interview with Colby. I was especially curious as both a fly and ice angler, were there any fly techniques or tricks that he uses for ice? And she said, I'm up in Alaska and have fun jigging flies under the ice, woolly buggers and beaded nymphs with good success. Cause we can't use any live bait to ice fish and can't in Alaska, I guess. So uh, Lisa asked this question. So I had to reach out to Colby. So I sent him a message to Colby because I don't know what a woolly bugger is, nor a beaded nymph. I know so both like, of those things. Are I had a brief fly fishing phase. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very so, brief. Um, very brief. Very brief. <laughs> so Colby said, um, I messaged him, and he said um, he uses the VNC bull flying jig for both applications, fly fishing and ice fishing. Um, no bait, just a fly or jig. When using huh. a woolly bugger, I usually jig up and then let it flutter down like you would with a normal fly application. Wow, that was a great question, and now I've learned something. I have to go find my fly box, because I think I've got some of those. Well, I don't know what a woolly bugger looks like, but it sounds like something I should be fishing with. Maybe. I, I appreciate Colby willing to answer, because I was like, uh, no clue. <laughs> so... I know it's always fun when people ask us questions and then they realize we really don't know anything. Although I would love to go fishing in Alaska. I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it would. I, you know, that's amazing to me. So you think I, you know, we've we've talked very lightly about regulations and the rules over the years on this show. Yep. And and so it's interesting. You can't use live bait to ice fish where this person lives in Alaska. And you know, to me, Alaska is kind of like this huge wilderness. Right. But you can't use live bait. I know. And you can use live bait in Minnesota. Totally. So is Al- does that mean Alaska is more regulated? Maybe. Oh. I suppose. I have no idea. Or maybe it's just, I don't know. Don't know. And then it's just in Canada, I know there's places in Canada you can have barbs on your hooks. Yeah. Yes, there's lots of rules, and make sure you know what you're doing. Is the, what the, Yeah, the, well, and, that, and that's a good point, just to interject that. Just because we talk about a technique here on the show, because, you know, I live in Iowa, you live in Minnesota, so it's something we do doesn't mean it's legal in your state or part of the world. So just make sure you check because we wouldn't want anybody to run afoul of the the people, the, the game wardens or the people out there protecting the natural resources. So Yes. I, I may have been checked by such a person in the recent week. So and, came out okay. And did you, you came out good. You were doing what you yes. should have been doing. Well, wonderful. Yes. Good for you. We were all good. No problems. But Good for you. Yes. That's lovely. I, I passed the test. I'm sure everybody was happy, including them. 
I'm sure they were. She <laughs> she moved on to the next hut. So perfect, <laughs> so. perfect. Jason, this you know how people have funky names like like you know our uh, patron wire hair. Okay, so this person I literally this is somebody ski hunts. Yeah, <laughs> like, Trabowski hunt. Trabowski hunts. hunts. Trabowski hunts. Because it sounds bad. This came from from Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it so sounds pretty easy when you say it. Trabowski hunts. I have no but idea. When you if see I said it written it right. down, you're like, oh my gosh. This is one of those you just have to say and you can't sound out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know if I did it right. So let's move on to the content. Yeah. So so he is a, a young listener. He's been hunting and open water fishing since he could walk. Getting more into ice fishing. He's on a very tight budget. But he has poles and a shack and that kind of thing. So he hasn't had much luck. He spent about 10 hours on the ice targeting pike and walleye. But he asked for some help or tips. Well, you've had some similar experiences this year. so <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so I guess, um, so he's looking for advice. He's looking for advice, yeah. If I had to give him some, you know, without knowing specifically where he's fishing. if he So if you're listening... If you want to send us like what lake you're fishing, what area you're fishing in, we could try to figure out if we can connect you with someone that might be able to give you some intel. Otherwise, what I would say is head down to your local bait shop mm-hmm. and and talk to them and and tell them what you're trying to do and where you're fishing and see if they can give you some pointers. If you've got a map of the lake you want to fish, print something out or put it on your phone. Um and take it down there and show it to them and say, this is where I'm going. Can you give me a couple spots to start? I, I think that that would be maybe the best way. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I would agree. Um, that's a good way. Another thing, don't feel bad. Like, Yeah, exactly. We, we go out and don't do well sometimes too. So oh my 10 God, hours, so many times. <laughs> I've spent many more than 10 hours. Um, if you want to catch some pike, find a... Typically, I find these lakes that are, there's kind of pike crappie lakes, right? They're different than like a walleye lake sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they commingle, sometimes they don't. But I would find that kind of like maybe more of a marshy, a shallower lake where you can set up tip-ups right around along the weed line that you can see like cattails or something. Mm-hmm. That's always good. I would try that. Um, walleyes are harder, um, but find a good lake. You're going to want to make sure there's actually walleyes in some number that you can target them because some lakes don't have enough walleyes to target. So I would use those two things. Um, I would get out there. We we found this when we were out this week. Um, sometimes just going to a lake, maybe there. Usually people don't want to like broadcast information on the internet. But if you're on the lake, I've had tons of people this year helpful to me. Like hey. Do you fish this lake very often? Where do you fish? They usually people will share as long as you don't, you know, fish next to them. You know, as long as yeah, you give exactly. them some space, they're usually pretty helpful, especially to a, a younger person, right? I, I would, so I would just get out there, find a lake where you think you can have success. You know, look on the internet, whatever. I mean, Red Lake, Lake of the Woods, Malax, but there's other smaller lakes too in your in any every area that are going to have. If you have ten lakes in your area, one of them is going to be kind of the go-to lake, right? Yeah, so I would I would do that. That would be my recommendation. And, and I've got one more piece of advice. I was just thinking about locally. Um, and I think the state you're in, he's in, and most states have, you know, like your, they have your enforcement folks, but they also have fishery folks. Yeah. So the DNR fisheries, Department of Natural Resources fisheries, that manage all those fisheries. 
and most of those folks are more than willing to share information and say, yep. hey, near you, go to this lake. And they might not say where on the lake, but they'll say, go to this lake, and there's a good population of X in that lake. Because they, they want to see people be successful fishing, because that's part of their whole job yep. is to help that. So they're more than willing to share information. Um, so you can find those folks on the internet. You reached out to us, so I, I, that's a great start. I know that you're willing to do that. So reach out to them as well. And I think between all that, um, and, and when you if you have some success, absolutely get back to us. We'd sure love to see it, see pictures. Um, no, I think that's great advice. I mean, and, and again, I would say don't feel bad 10 hours. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have a good day. Try it again. I, there was an interesting article in Outdoor News um, from written by Vic Atardo. Um, old tricks still work. Um, there's a couple of things that I thought was interesting. And the article was good, and I would encourage everybody to get the outdoor news. We don't make any money off of it. It's just a great... I love getting them on the Friday and reading all the great articles in there. And this time of year, it's all about ice fishing. But he said that something he learned was putting minnows in like a jar and putting them down the hole. And I mean... I would check your regs on this. I don't know what the rules are, but but like, you know, you put your minnows in the hole, like at the bottom. Like all the way jar. to the bottom of the ice? Yeah, at the bottom of the lake. <clears throat> I suppose I suppose you spooze. Spooze. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I suppose you put water in the jar. I would assume you would put water in the jar. Not like yes. a, a bell like a diving bell for minnows. <laughs> You can try the bottom open, but I'm guessing there wouldn't be any minnows when you pulled it back up. I'm trying to envision this. So you, 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 it's such an old trick because do you carry a lot of glass jars around with you? Well, he said, Vic said, Vic Atardo said that he had a rig just for this. Really? And he, he said it worked and he should bring it back. So, well, I'm not doubting. Know. I'm, hey, I'm not doubting this guy at all it's just i'm trying to i'm trying to put this together in my mind okay give it a try and report back that's what i always say give it a try and report back that's code for i don't want to try it but someone should <laughs> yes exactly yes um the only thing he said was um about shocking the minnows you know if you get your bait and the water's warm and then you sh you put your minnow in the cold cold water sometimes they get shocked and don't aren't as active and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad i don't know but they suggest he suggested like kind of mixing the water with the lake water in your bait bucket so that they kind of, you know, get used to the temperature of the water. Okay. That sounds cool. Um, so then also um, kind of the same outdoor news episode, John Trelini said about staying warm in the ice from head to toe. He had a long article in there about that. And some of the things we've talked about the same kind of things before, but um one thing was talking about keeping warm and what you eat before you go ice fishing. And he said that you now should you're eat getting, Now you're getting into my, my language here. He, John said that you should eat carbs like oatmeal or pancakes better than like heavy like, like protein meals because you need some energy in the morning. And that takes it's harder to digest that proteins than it is carbs. So it kind of makes sense. So we should carb load. Carb load before you ice fish is what Pancakes. John says. Hear that, Oli? Pancakes, <laughs> oatmeal, donuts. We're talking about li little Oli here? Little Oli. Yes. Donuts, <laughs> apple yes. fritters. So like some other that. things. And we've talked a lot about warm stuff, but for mm -hmm. me, we, we both talked about bibs. This, you got a new set of bibs this year. 
and I have had mine for a couple of years, but we talked about how we don't even wear long handles anymore because, um, because the bibs are so much nicer. We don't have to. Yeah. They're nice. warm enough now. Yeah. Now and if I, it's like 30 below, 30 you below might have to maybe, but I would say anything like 10 degrees and up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, one other trick I always do, I can't live without toasty toes. You introduced those to me. I know. I regret that. I have many regrets. They can get warm, but you just have to keep them going and you'll be good. Toasty toes in the bottom of your boots. Oh. Yeah. And that's where you have to watch your socks because, man, they, if you overheat your feet, then they mm-hmm. sweat. So there, there's kind of that balance of yes. dancing with the devil on the toasty toe deal. <laughs> well, you just have to keep them going. You don't want to let them run out. They, they usually last eight hours. Most yeah. of the time, you're good to go. Another thing it made me think of is. I know you wear gloves a lot, but I almost exclusively wear like mitts, right? Like like mittens. Not, I mean, I don't even call them mittens, but like no, not gloves. Yes. And, I mean, in the back in the day, they'd be like leather choppers. I don't wear those. Mine are more techy, like um, fabric. But when, when I did the uh, winter camping last year, yep, I brought a pair of gloves, but I pretty much exclusively wore my leather choppers. Sure. And I brought two pairs of wool liners for him. Gotcha. And I really like that. That worked pretty good. Um, but yeah, you're right. I tend to tend to wear gloves more. Um, but I, I like mitts more because my hands do get cold. But I have the more techie ones, not the... The choppers. Wool, the choppers that are leather and wool, which I'm sure are fine. I just That's just not what I like. I like the choppers. I do. Yeah. I did get a new pair of gloves, though, for Christmas. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I got a pair of... Uh, Ice, the Ice Armor Clam gloves. Nice. So I'm looking forward to trying those out. Got those. Yeah, I think right now I have Frable ones. They're mitts. But I've used the Ice Armor ones before, too. Mm-hmm. But they do wear out. They do. Yeah, my Ice Armor mittens are pretty well shot. But they've yeah. got probably eight years on them. You know, they got a little bit of miles. Your choppers with wool and leather probably don't wear out. No, those will, I'll be able to give those to somebody in my will. <laughs> yes, yes. Um Okay, so this was a little piece of news that I thought was interesting. Dave Gens, and I saw this on Facebook because, of course, I follow him on Facebook, and he had a goal, and you know who Dave Gens is, right, Jay? Yes, Jeff. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, maybe you're standing next to him at an ice fishing show, and he's going to ask you a question. He'd be like, I don't know who you are, right? I would give him a hug. I'd say, Dave, may I hug you? Yes. He'd probably <laughs> say no, but, you know. Anyways. But I would. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's a legend. Absolutely. Yes. We know so, so Dave Gens <laughs> said he had a goal to catch a walleye on each of the Great Lakes, and he reached that goal this year. Wow. Through the ice, I'm assuming, but I don't know that. Maybe just a Great Lakes. So um, so he said, of course, Lake Superior was the last one he caught a fish on, the walleye on. Really? That's the closest. Yeah. So. Okay. Thought it was an interesting tidbit of of information, yeah. So I think that's what we have for current events. Let's okay. news. So Jay, should we move into fishing report? Yeah, let's do that. that let's so, talk about that. It'll be fun. So I'll talk about a little bit of my Malax outing, and then we can talk about our 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 outing together. Okay, sounds good. So it's been we you know with Christmas and the holidays, we took I wouldn't say we took a week off, but we're only releasing one podcast for the two week time so i've i went ice fishing on malax um and there was about four or five inches of ice it was enough for walking out but you couldn't even bring four wheelers on at that point no and and i was on the north side on the south side i think they were letting other people on but on the north side they were just letting people walk on versus four wheelers 
So um, I only had like maybe five hours to fish and we, we didn't catch anything. Um, saw a few fish caught, but it was pretty slow. Um, but I was out in my normal spot and where I've caught fish before. I didn't have, I couldn't stay. We had new or Chris, oh, we had some party to go to. I don't remember why some party. So I had to get home. So I didn't get the night bite, but, um, but yeah, so got out, used all my normal lures and tactics and could not catch a fish, marked them, but couldn't catch them. So, yeah. but it was good to be out. I've heard this story a lot. <laughs> You've heard this story before? <laughs> is it like a rerun? Like we talked about is. this before. We should just do a clip and you could just insert it. <laughs> insert here. Jeff didn't catch a fish. <laughs> Fishing report. And I'm laughing with you, not at you. Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I was out. I was happy to be out. There was lots of people out. Some people caught fish. Um, it was a good time. I had Noah with. I always love when I can get one of my kids to go Absolutely. with me. So, I mean... It helps when I can bribe them with going up to the ice shack and we watched a movie the night before, slept overnight, and then went out fishing the next day. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, Jay, why don't you talk about our our little excursion uh, last week? Yeah. So, this came to be, I was, I think I, we were talking on the show, what, two, week, two shows ago or mm-hmm. the last show? And I um, had a day off work and I'm like, I'm, I'm going ice fishing. I'm just going to drive north until I find ice and go fishing. And uh, so I found a little lake south of uh, Minneapolis, but north of the Iowa border there, kind of off I-35. And Jeff and I were able to meet there and do some fishing. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful little lake. So I get there and I drive, I drive down the hill kind of by where this lake is at. And my first glance, I'm like, oh, crap, there's open water. Because I had never been to this lake. I didn't know anybody <laughs> on this lake. I'm like, oh, crap. Open water. But the deal was, this lake must not have been froze over. I think when we had that big warm-up and a lot of wind there, southern Iowa, or northern Iowa, southern Minnesota, it broke it open. And then it must have refroze finally. And so I spud barted my way out. But there was, like, what, four inches of ice? Oh, I would say at least four. At I, least I would guess four. five. But six. really nobody had, I mean, there was some, you could tell some holes have been drilled recently to kind of check ice depth on the way out. But really it was largely undisturbed, but it did not yes. stay that way. No, no. That place woke up. So by like, I mean, I was the first one there and I drove from Iowa and I was the first one there. If that tells yeah. me. And then Jeff reminded me it was a weekday. I'm like, oh, that explains it. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, it, it's a Thursday. <laughs> it was a Thursday. But we defiled the lake with holes. I would say we just drilled all over that lake. So did everybody else. Um, but what a, what a neat little lake. And yeah, the fishing was, was slow. It was slow. We struggled. But I don't think we were alone in struggling based on, like, we know some people were locals because they came out from, like, cabins on the lake or houses on the lake and, like, went to a spot and did not stay in those spots. They moved moved everybody was on the move but it was such a beautiful day that you could you weren't just inclined to we didn't put even put up a house we just moved around yeah it was great you'd just you drill a few holes and you'd fish around and move on to the next spot um i don't know where the crappies were hiding because we covered pretty much the whole lake (laughs) we did we trolled we did certainly trolled and and we used for an auger we used my uh eskimo pistol bit in my dewalt drill setup 
And I don't know. And how that was hold- perfect, Jay. Like it was perfect. Like I, I mean, it was the right weight. I, I've probably been more skeptical at using those kinds of rigs sometimes, but um, it worked great. I, it didn't walk. I think that's sometimes I've seen those. I don't know which brand. The Eskimo, point. For, the first generation Eskimo pistol bit did not have a point. Yeah. The subsequent so, ones did. So they'd walk, and that was annoying to me. Like, I didn't like it when my ice auger starts walking towards my boots, but mm-hmm. they were great. And for what we needed, it was the right weight because we were walking. And yeah. We went through one it. battery, but yeah. not till the very end of the day. I think I ended up drilling like eight holes in the new battery. But to me, we did what we needed to do, so it was perfect. Yeah, and I only use a five amp hour battery. And so. and my Strike Master certainly weighs more than twice as much as that rig. I don't know what it weighs exactly, but I was glad to not huff it around. Yeah, I have no regrets on that. Now my mm-hmm. Eskimo propane auger will probably not get a lot of miles. <laughs> especially <laughs> given like based on my current weather temp, I don't know. By March we may have four inches of ice here. So <laughs> I'm really I, could just use a hatchet. Yeah, I will <laughs> say um, you know, it was the perfect rig for what we were doing. Right? Sure. If yeah. you're on Lake of the Woods in March, it might not be the perfect rig for what we were doing. It would doing drill two holes, probably four. <laughs> yes. But that's why you have the propane gr- drill. So Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Um, I don't know what else, Jeff. We tried everything. We were fishing with um, mostly waxies. Yes. But we did I, try minnows and we put up tip-ups. And I tried some plastics. Yep. And I tried um, different spoons. I tried a small buckshot. Yep. I tried some stuff from Widowmaker. Um, there, what, what's the thing, name of that thing? Cadis cane or whatever you said. The, yeah, the Cadis cane. I tried the pert, no, the slab seeker. The slab seeker. It did not seek a slab, unfortunately. Nope. Um, yeah. yeah. But we had a great day. I wasn't it was working. So nice. It was yeah. super nice outside. And, you know, I was glad to see you. We could hang out. And I don't know. I wasn't much to complain about. It. I mean, the ice was so clear and slick you would not survive without uh some shoe grippy things what are those things called I'm i i use yak tracks i mean there there's go. all yak sorts tracks. of different versions of them but that the ones i use are the yak tracks and i have my boots have the little flip down thing yep but that i did use that at first and i'm like no this this needs all-wheel drive yeah and one of mine fell off one of mine fell off and i'm like oh gosh because i had the yak tracks too they were required on, on that day. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't you would die very far. Um, we actually saw somebody ice skate around the lake as we were fishing. Yes, that was super like, cool. I know. it was. They it probably was did not think day. the fact that we were drilling 9,000 holes in the lake was cool. <laughs> but. It was pretty until we showed up, and then we drilled a bunch of holes. So, All right. So and, that was hey, a great Hey, we should outing. give a shout-out to, you know, we were talking about this earlier. So I think it was Carter. Carter, yeah, Connor, he gave us Carter or Carter. I want to say it was Carter. Carter, yeah. Anyway, young man um, gave us some intel on the lake. She pointed us towards a no-fail bluegill hole, and we did catch some fish there. So he, it was no, yep. it did not fail. So I, and I appreciate we were talking about that earlier. Like we just struck up a conversation. Really nice, nice man, and um, very, very friendly and willing to share information. So it was cool. Yeah, and I had the same thing when I was up on Mille Lacs. I was walking on as some guys were leaving, which tells you I was there way too late. But, you know, I knocked in. These guys are like, oh, yeah, we caught a couple over here, a couple nice ones. You know, you can go over there. So, I mean, 
I find that people, if you talk to them, and you got to kind of approach people. Some people don't want to talk to you, right? Like you got to kind of feel it out a bit. But but yeah, I mean, I've, my experience has been people are often friendly on the ice. Well, I think the time to talk to people is when they're kind of in transit. You're right. So like they're walking to or by you yes. in versus like they're sitting there intently jigging and you're like walking up and going, yo, what's up? <laughs> they're less likely to to maybe want to engage well and sometimes i'll like if i'm fishing in a spot and there's a couple people by me like if i fish a spot long enough i'll start to feel like you get a vibe for whether or not they're going to be open to you you know if they've got some like kids and hanging out and fishing versus like i don't know i i kind of sometimes you get a vibe i can go talk to those people and sometimes i'm wrong so so yeah Jason doesn't look convinced. He's just staring at me like I'm like, visualizing staring. you like walking over, like peering over a guy's shoulder, watching his flash. <laughs> yeah, jig, 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 jig. That is not what you do. You do not get that close. You make sure you're seen from far away. Um, I will say, if you're the person who puts five tip ups around your perimeter to keep everybody away, do not approach those people. <laughs> Don't break the perimeter. No. Yes. Don't do that. All right. Um, well, I've talked about this a little bit too. Like, different lakes actually have different cultures, right? Like, they kind yes. of have different vibes. Like, on Malax, I feel like people get a lot closer than I would feel comfortable on some other lakes getting close to people. Yeah, they just do. I, I think people know the spots. They just do. Um, there's still kind of a spacing that is reasonable, but the spacing is much smaller on Malax than like a smaller lake where you and two other people are fishing and. Yeah, you spread out a bit more. Yeah, I think, you know, if it's a very busy lake with lots of activity, people do clump up more because there's only so much room. Right. Yeah, if you're in a super remote lake and there's one other person on there and you walk up and drill a hole 10 feet from them, it might feel different. But how many times have you been like, I'm going to go fish here, and then you look up on the lake, oh, they're there. (laughs) It's happened to me. I mean, I I think the example I would give is when I fish Mille Lacs, um, last year with you, yeah. I looked at the map. I'm like, okay, this is the axis Jeff used. I looked at the map and I picked out a spot on the contour and I'm like, I'm, I think I should fish here. Right. And it was within like 50 yards or less of where you're going to tell me to go. Yes. Yep. And we hadn't talked about it. You hadn't right. described it. I'm just like, I think right. this would be the spot. So yeah. if I did that with my limited skill and ability, you know, a thousand other people will too. All right. Well, we, we talked a lot about Fishing Port, which is awesome, but we should probably, we have a really good interview to get in and a couple other things to talk about from a gear perspective. Okay, move on. What What's next? All right. <laughs> so uh, gear, just a I'm few. excited to talk about fishing for a while. No, I think it's awesome. But, <laughs> right, it, but I think... eight episodes in, and I finally was able to catch a fish and talk about how we did it. I love it. I love it. I mean, if you're something else you'd like to share with your sage advice about what we did on that Thursday, let's get it in here. I think the really important part, Jeff, is making sure the hook goes in the fish's mouth. It's hard to catch a fish without doing that. So that that would be my number one advice. Okay. All okay, right. Moving on. All right. So gear. So I kind of confirmed. So these iFish pros have been really big. They've been, I feel like they've been being pushed in the media, like YouTube and stuff. And I've kind of been like, I don't know, like I've seen some pretty serious fishermen using them, but I was out on Mille Lacs on my last trip and somebody's like, yeah, we put an iFish Pro out, but it just froze up all the time. It just goes back to my, like, 
the basis, maybe someday I'll be proven wrong, but like if you don't have a tip up where the reel goes in the water so it doesn't freeze, you're going to end in a bad place. It's just not going to work. In those iFish Pros, you have a line that goes, just a fishing line that goes into your hole. It freezes shut. You're just done. I don't know. Yeah, it takes a lot more maintenance. So like same thing with the tip downs. Yep. You know, you see a lot of tip downs. And they work great for catching fish. Don't get me wrong. But I think um, the time of year we tend to fish more is when it's super cold out because it's ice right. fishing. And, you know, they freeze up. They freeze yeah. up. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't use them or they're bad things. I just, I'm still going to go back to like my beaver dam style tip-ups that the reel goes in the water. Yeah. So I would say if you're looking for a tip-up type thing and you are on a limited budget and you want one type that's going to always work, then you want the type, a beaver dam style where that spool is in the water. Yep. Then, exactly. And all the other contraptions out there will have times it's too cold to work, which is kind of a basic thing in ice fishing. It gets cold. <laughs> There's another device that will never sponsor us. That's right. That's right. All right. I, I do feel like um, I needed some blue tips though. I know you recently bought these, but I, did. I was feeling like I had my, my tip up out and you know, the windows fog up and you're looking up all the time, trying to see it. Those blue tips are, are really a cool, cool thing. So Matt bought one. He was telling me, he gave me a fishing report today on the way, way up. Oh. And um, he goes, uh, they, they set up the blue tip they got at the ice fishing show. And his boy recorded himself saying, Dad, go check the tip up. And that's the sound <laughs> that they have for when the, or something like that, you know, something similar yeah. to that. So when the, when the thing goes up, <laughs> it's that's his awesome. boy yelling at him to go check the tip up. Go check the tip up. You should say, like, Jeff caught another fish, right? Yeah. Ah, oh, missed another one. Ah, oh, missed another right. one. And my final gear was my Christmas gear item. What is this? So I'm looking, I got this. I'm looking. You guys can't see me, but I'm looking on the Zoom call we do it's with Jeff. It's a fishing break board. So Aaron had this made. So I am at okay. the top, of course, and have caught 10 fish. But then there's, like, other people. So I can put this in my ice shack. And you can okay. see who's winning. And I have bobbers for like pegs. Okay. So every time you catch a fish, you move it down the peg. And so in this example, I've caught 10 fish. Is that because you get the handicap? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So <laughs> that is really I'll cool. Put a, That's super I'll put cool. a picture of it out on Facebook, but it's just a brag board. I've seen lots yeah. of different brag boards, but just a way to keep track of, you know, who caught the most fish. Maybe sometimes when it's only one, you'd say you caught five or whatever. But That's super but. cool. But it does say life is better on the water. Seems like a good thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, when you're ice fishing, it's life's better on the ice. If you're on the water, you have a problem. Well, you could be on the water. On the, on the water with the ice underneath the water. <laughs> Where it belongs. You, you don't want to be fully in the, the water. water underneath the on ice. On the water. Ice underneath uh, the water, water. What did I say? Did I say well, I ice know. underneath? I don't know. You want to be on top. So, Jay, I think we're ready for a topic. We are. We're ready to talk with Max Loesch, the international man of mystery who runs Strike and Catch uh, website, and uh, we'll go to that interview now. All right, we're here today with Max Lesha from Strike and Catch. He actually lives in Sweden, and we're really excited to have him on the show today to talk to us what he knows about ice fishing and also about the differences between 
ice fishing where he lives and ice fishing where we live. Welcome, Max. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Very excited about it. Um, there's uh, yeah, there's a lot to a uh, lot to talk about when it comes to differences. Very very interesting topic indeed. We'll find out. We'll find out, Jason. We'll find out if uh, there's more difference between Iowa fishing and Minnesota fishing, or are <laughs> 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 fishing well, here and fishing in Europe, right? I I suspect. It, there may be more differences between us and Europe, but I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was looking Max at your website of strike and catch and, and I found some really interesting things on here. And what I really like is the fact that th- this Max, you set some goals. So I'm looking at your personal uh-huh. life goals. Right. <laughs> and I tell you, that takes, that takes a lot of guts to throw that on a website, your personal life goals, catch a wild carp, 40 pounds plus. That's a big uh-huh. thing. A 30 pound plus pike. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make an writing and fishing a full-time income, which go for it. That's phenomenal. Travel and fish the world, be the best husband to your wife and the best and most present dad to your daughters, and well-trained adonimal ad- what, what's that last Abdom- one? Abdom- <laughs> you don't even know what it is, right? Abdominal abs, like a six pack, you know. Oh, six pack. It's wow, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never had that on a list of mine in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's something my, my wife jokes about that I will never get. And so I put it on the list, you know, just to spider a little bit. It's always nice to have that marital support, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, about your fishing, what you do and, and so on? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you kind of... Uh, summarized it well already. Uh, I, I run a I run a fishing site, um, strike and catch, and uh, that's uh, basically uh, my bread and butter now. I actually quit my job in November, wow. so my my day job, you know, and I'm not really there yet, like full 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 time income wise. Whatever I wrote there in my about on my about page, but it's on a good way, and uh, you know, there's a lot of writing involved, obviously, uh, but I. I enjoy writing and I, you know, I have this huge passion uh, for fishing that we share, I I guess. Um, So I thought, well, I got into SEO a couple of years ago, you know, uh, technical writing um, for Google and and whatnot. And uh, I combined that with my fishing interest and it, well, so far it works pretty well. Uh, Just published uh, my 200th article actually. And uh, well, there's a lot more to come. Um, and, uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, I, uh, been living here in Southern Sweden, uh, since 2002 or 2001, you know, ish, I remember actually. So it's 20 years now, uh, roughly. And it's, uh, I come from Germany originally. We don't have ice fishing there. It's too warm. Uh, and so I got, I started ice fishing actually when we, when my mom bought a, uh, the house here in Sweden when we started uh, spend our, our holidays here. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I love the, it kind of looks a bit like northern the northern states, uh, you know, environmental-wise, uh, like Minnesota, Iowa. Lots of forests, lots of lakes and rivers. So I love that. I come from Berlin uh, in, in Germany, which is kind of a huge city. And... Uh, it's, uh, you know, you get tired of the concrete and all the people, uh, you know, and here it's just, we live in a small town 
and it's just all nature, you know, and the lifestyle is a bit slower, you know, not as stressful. And uh, yeah, so I kind of stuck to Sweden, you know, after high school and uh, just got into fishing like um, a lot. I mean, as much as, uh, you know, a, a family with two kids uh, allows allows for it and a, and a job, obviously. And uh, yeah, so I do a lot of uh, fishing, open water fishing in general, not as much uh, ice fishing anymore because of the changing climate, actually. Um, you know, the winters get shorter and shorter here. But uh, I've done my fair share of it. Uh, my back can attest to that as well. <laughs> and, and my stamina, which uh, is not as good anymore as it used to be when I was 20 something. Uh, so whenever there is a cold winter, I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I try to uh, head out to, um, to a lake, inland lake, or we can actually fish the coastal waters in the Baltic Sea, which Whoa. is kind of cool. It's kind of saltwater fishing for pike and perch. I mean, brackish water, but, you know, we like to call it saltwater fishing. So that's uh, kind of unique, actually, in the world as well. And yeah, that's what I do. Otherwise, I just fish year-round, mostly in open waters. And uh, when I do that, it's mostly uh, in uh, in river, uh, you know, river uh, environments uh, because we have a lot of tributaries here that lead, uh, you know, that empty into the sea. And obviously, there's a lot of fish, you know, uh, migrating up and down those uh, year-round, basically. So I'm I'm pretty uh, well located <laughs> as a as an angler. I can say that. That sounds awesome. So when you ice fish and Let's start with the Baltic Sea because that that would be There's so many questions. So many I know, questions. I know. Where do I start? So, like you're you're clearly the Baltic Sea doesn't freeze over completely, so you're on an an edge, or does it freeze over completely? It used to. It used to. I mean, it's if you if you know the geographics, it's just it's kind of more like a giant inland lake more or less you know it's like trapped between uh, the nordic countries sweden finland uh, and then poland you know on the uh, southern okay. eastern side and then a little bit of russia as well and then germany in the south germany doesn't get the ice anymore but um, our end of the baltic sea is really just a giant bay you know if you okay. want to call it that so uh, we, we we used to uh, we used to uh, uh, get ice here you know pretty pretty stable pretty thick ice during the winter um, so what, what's pretty thick ice for you guys what do you uh, see pretty yeah thick? that's a good question <laughs> well i mean if we talk baltic sea it's it used to be maybe um uh up to 10 inches you know okay that's, yeah thicker so in the base drive- you can't drive on that no we no we don't i mean we do that in the inland lakes there we would get uh back in the day you know we'll get uh 20 30 inches you know in good winters yeah yeah pretty heavy pretty you know cold winters really i i remember those when we got here to sweden first those are gone though at least here in the southern areas Mm. um now we're lucky if we get any ice at all actually Um, so last year we had like three weeks maybe four weeks of ice uh, you know fishable ice so that's pretty much all we get nowadays you know so yeah, so what I'm hearing from you, Max, is you need to move north. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if uh, if <laughs> if I wanted to ice fish more, I would have to do that. Yes, at least a um, couple of hundred miles. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the climate zones have shifted. You know, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, if you drive inland, you know, a couple of hours, even in our regions, uh, it's colder, you know, in the forest areas than here in the, uh, near the coast. And then most winters, you still, you know, you still have ice, but it's just a shorter, it's just a shorter season nowadays. So what, what kind of gear do you use for ice fishing in the Baltic? So, or just even ice fishing there, like mm-hmm. what, what, what? You've done a lot of research on, on um, I'm sure, on the way we fish over here with the equipment and all that and the types of augers. Is it similar? Is it different? Is it as well established and developed in Sweden, the gear and all that? Or are they on the same curve as we are? Because we've seen a ton of, of uh, innovation, I would say, in the last yeah. 10 years in the United States with our gear. Is that, has yeah. that, trans, is that going on over there, too, or is it different? Uh, no, it's it's actually a, a very interesting comparison because I wasn't aware of the differences either when I started to uh, ride, you know, uh, last winter I started to cover ice uh, topics and then I thought like, okay, I ride like based on on the European <laughs> ice fishing, you know, and it's like, oh no, this doesn't work at all, you know, they, they, those guys, they don't fish like that. I mean, there are certain similarities, but it's pretty, you know essentially it's pretty different so i had to rewrite my old articles and then just do a ton of research and uh, uh, adapt my writing towards the us and canada as well um so so we i think a lot of the old, a lot of your old techniques come actually from scandinavia you know given that so mm-hmm. many swedes and what do I know? Norwegians and stuff moved over there. Oh yeah, sure. it's, it's like Swedish pimple, right? I mean, literally, yes. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally our thing here. <laughs> that's like the old-fashioned way of for us to just pimpling perch, you know, our pimpling European perch. perch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that we do. That the old timers. It's like when you start ice fishing, you you pimpling, you pimpling for perch, you know. Pimpling <laughs> for perch. I love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah and I I think I mean pimple yeah. is actually if I. I don't know the origins of the word, but I think it's actually a Swedish uh, word in itself. You know, I don't think it's an English term, you know, pimple. Um, and pimple would just actually, I mean, for us, it's just a tiny spoon, you know, like mm-hmm. a pimple, right? So then there's variations, I guess. But Oh, so that that's an interest. So for us, the Swedish pimple, if we say that, it's the Swedish pimple. It's, it's that yeah. silver spoon. So if I'm hearing right. you correctly, it, it's just a... Uh, a generalized term yeah. for a small spoon pimpling yeah ex- exactly it's more about okay. the, the method than the actual lure than the actual i would say you know I mean, okay yeah we pimple with uh, jigs with uh, you know single hooks and maggots whatever you know pimple i mean we have those tiny i guess i think you have those two i haven't really covered that those tiny short pimple rods uh, you know like really uh, it's not the jigging rods that you use for walleye or perch or whatever. It's more like, you know, just a couple of, like maybe a foot long. Um, and you, for us, you know, here, over here, you just use those actually to, to pimple with. I have huh. seen those also uh, over, you know, over in the US, but it's more like uh, in movies. I don't know if you actually use those anymore. <laughs> so Jeff, is he talking about um, the schoolies? Maybe. Yeah, I know. I mean, when we first, when I first started ice fishing um, in the eighties, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the eighties, quite literally, you know, my first ice fishing experience was we had um, like a wood rod, like it was a wood huh. dowel. Right. And it just had like this 
I don't know, probably fiberglass, very thin, short rod that would stick out the end. And we'd actually just have two little posts and you'd wrap your monofilament line around it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and it, it wasn't even like a schoolie rod was like an advancement, right? A schoolie rod, they talk about those. It has like a plastic kind of very crude reel that you use. But this was even before that, like where we just it basically had a stick with some line on it, right? And it wasn't very long and you wouldn't fish very deep. Um, right. You know, now we have hundreds of dollars of, you know, carbon fiber, you know, carbon or oh yeah things that you can use right like <laughs> that are super awesome but yes back in the day we would have that um it, it is interesting though that like i was thinking about we call it pimpling you know like it's almost like we're into the rap music here because there's you know i got pimp my ride and pimp your yeah you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> i wonder where i don't that know came that from. i'm where you i don't know that i'm where you're at jeff you, go you, on. Don't, you know like you know you can <laughs> pimp out your stuff you know like maybe that's a different pimp word, your I perch. <laughs> perch i don't know <laughs> Okay, so you're pimpling for perch on the Baltic Sea <laughs> yeah. with your rod. And so do you have gas auger, electric auger, hand crank auger, dynamite? What do you use to get to <laughs> the hard substance on top? Yeah, and the, the, the pimpling thing is really just, you know, basic. I mean, no, you know, if you're into sport fishing, you don't really do that. It's just like, you know, like you guys said, you, that's sure. how you start out. And then you, yeah, you basically throw it in the, in the toilet after a while. <laughs> Uh, because you get tired of it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, for drilling, uh, we use mostly um, hand augers, actually. Uh, I know you, you guys use those gigantic uh, gas augers or, you know, I don't know how you power them, electric ones as well, more and more, mm -hmm. I guess. Yep, battery operated. Uh, right. We, I mean, up, uh, up in the north, you know, people use those uh here and there but it's not it's not really it's not really a big market uh, you know we have the another classic um swedish invention or is it finished the mora you know the mora drills the mora orders mm -hmm. yeah that, once, that's you know I yeah that's swedish yeah our stuff is i think still it's swedish. based off that our stuff is still based off of that if you get a like a the really gas augers aren't a thing anymore right i mean they are but they're going out of favor for sure like, all right go to the yeah. store you're going to find one gas auger and like 10 electric ones. Right. But, right. um, but if I, like I have a strike master one and it has a 40 volt head, which is pretty big and stuff, but you know, the, the blade and stuff, they're still, they're still those Mora blades, right. That's what they come from. And that's what yeah. I used as a kid was the yeah, auger yeah. with the Mora blade. So I think those still come over from, from, you know, Rapala brings those over. So exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Over where you guys are too. So. Yeah. So we, we have, uh, you know, we have those, uh, I mean, mo most, for most uh, of our fishing, that's, that would be enough with a, uh, I don't know, the diameters, it's like uh, 150, 200 mil. I don't know what, how much that, that is in interest. That like, means nothing to me. <laughs> All right. I know. <laughs> someday, someday, we'll wouldn't, wouldn't, for, someday we'll do, we'll convert, but so let far. Let me get my inches. Google conversion. All right. Yeah. I would. I think that's about eight to 10 inches, you know, 20, oh, okay. 20, 200 mil, 20 centimeters. I know you, you wouldn't believe how much time I had to spend converting my brain <laughs> from centimeters to inches and meters to feet and kilos to pounds. I'm like, oh man, now I'm kind of used to it. But for us, it's real. For us, it's the same way as for you, you know, uh, with the metric system, we, we're very used to that. And then, um, but I, I, I learned quickly that 
I have to write everything in in pounds and and inches and feet <laughs> and ounces as well, right? It's it's different, yeah. <laughs> it's different, yes. Jeff gives his fish length in uh, millimeters when he catches a small one, so it sounds. <laughs> oh, that's sophisticated! <laughs> Got a thirty millimeter walleye, like. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> thirty! Wow, that's uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I guess no one knows what what you're talking about anyway, so no, right. it, so it just sounds cool. <laughs> sounds cool. <Yeah. laughs> that would actually be. Um, that would actually be like just over an inch, so that's <laughs> very tiny. <laughs> well, See, well, people do picture they like things with their fish when they hold it up ten feet away from them to make it look really big. So we'll just say this is a thirty millimeter, and it'll be yeah, big. exactly, yeah, <laughs> neat trick, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, we—that's uh, why all sweets are so muscular because we we um, we use good old hand hand augers. So <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, I guess you know what happens when the blades go dull. That's—I've uh, had those in the beginning. It's a terror, wow. and you try to drill a few holes, and then you just give up and go home. And so we always we always have a spare, uh, you know, of, of yep. um, well sharpened uh, blades in our bags when we head out. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I mean, like I say, if you know, if we have uh, ice of uh, ten or fifteen inches, uh, you know, I mean, an electric auger wouldn't really make sense over here. Not, you know, not to us yeah. at least. It's it's totally fine uh, doing that manually. I, I guess that's what I get for ice a lot of times in Iowa, and I still prefer the electric auger. <laughs> I, even though there's a natural jigging action when I'm gasping for air, I prefer to not do that. <laughs> so, so for pike on the Baltic, what what would yeah. be your setup? What kind of bait are you using? Mm-hmm. What what's your tactic? How how are you? What are you doing? That's Baltic also pike. very interesting because uh, I. Uh, when I started to, uh, uh, you know, write ice ice topics for strike and catch, I didn't know about tip ups. Actually, I didn't know what that was. Um, I mean, most pike fishing, you know, in the US is done with a lot is done with tip ups, right? And then uh, thinking about it, that's all. That's actually um, a more advanced form of what we're using. Actually, once again, uh, even though we. Um, this is again basic, uh, you know, gear that uh, e- either very old people use or just beginners, you know. So we don't have tip-ups. What we have is uh, we just basically have a wooden uh, stick that you, you know, ram into the ice or you know a pile of snow if there's snow. And then on that stick is a, it's a tiny little spool. It's not a reel. It's just a spool. Um, and uh, on that spool is, uh, you know, some some basic uh, ice line, and then <clears throat> on the stick is a little. That's kind of your tip-up flag, but it's made out of metal. It's like a, a, a oh. flexible metal arm with a little red, uh, a little red tip, um, or it can be a ping pong, you know, a, t- a table tennis ball as well, depending on how you do them. Uh, you know, it's just a visual indicator, and then you know, so you uh, you let down the the, the bait. Uh, with a hook and then you uh, you um, do a little loop in the line and then you put the, the loop on the onto the red indicator and then so you know it's kind of hanging sure. down like that you know in a bow and then when the pike obviously when it when it takes the bait 
the thing goes off and kind of wiggles in the air like uh, like your flags you know Okay. But we don't have those beaver dam style uh, tip ups that you 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 use. You know, uh, for us, it's everything is like above the ice. You know, um, the, the entire setup. So um, that that's that. But that's I mean, you kind of see the similarity yep. there. Maybe you had those two like a hundred years ago in the US when they started <laughs> to, to to emerge. Um, beaver dams and the likes we don't have it all here in europe uh, so we don't have conventional tip-ups what we do instead if you get serious about ice fishing for pike or xander which is the bigger cousin of the walleye that we bigger, ice fish a lot here as well. a lot bigger a lot bigger yeah yeah like we we're talking several um several uh, feet actually uh, you know wow at max length yeah i mean we have fish that go well over uh especially now that seem to like the warmer waters uh they go well over uh 40 inches you know so uh, yeah and then like um 20 25 pounders pretty i mean you don't just catch them like that but they, you see them a lot on, on the internet and stuff you know really big xander uh coming uh both uh from the uh, through the ice and in, in open water you know really big fish so they kind of i think they're kind of starting to um push away the pike a bit in certain waters wow um yeah so they, they i think they really like the this environment uh you know it used to be a little cold for them here but now they really established themselves um so those we fish with i think what uh what you can compare it with over in the us would be dead sticks you know like short ice rods mm-hmm. um ours tend to be a bit like heavier we we, mm-hmm. we don't you know ours are like medium heavy to heavy even um so it's a little uh you know, stronger setups, and we we use uh, either bait runner reels or what you would call bait feeder reels. Sure. Okay. Or big, uh, big. Um, um, uh, uh, how do you call those? Uh, you know the. Uh, now I lost the word for it. Uh, what are the what are the old Abu Garcia reels called? You know the big casters, like big big casters. Yeah, reels. yeah. Um, this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not really bait casters, but you know, you catch my drift, right? Um, I've heard them called level wines, maybe level wine reels. I don't know. It's like this, this ancient. I can Google it up, maybe, but okay. let's call them bait casters just sure. for the okay. sake of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, we um, uh, basically uh, used uh, the the flag indicators from those old. Uh, tip-up style rods but we just use them as a rod holder actually sure. <laughs> um, um, and then you know we have um, normal uh, mono or braid line on on those mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, basically we use uh, what you would uh, refer to as a quick strike rig yep okay yeah <laughs> for us it's just a normal like uh pike leader actually <laughs> or bait leader yep. you know we don't yep. call it that but it's it's exactly the same uh, kind of leader um or rig that we use two travels um you know on a, on a thick uh fluorocarbon or or uh, uh, sure. wire leader yeah okay and then uh well depending on if you 
if your morals are okay with it, you use live bait or dead bait. Uh, you know, if you're not okay with using live bait, we use big shiners. Uh, here we call them roach or, or rud. Yeah, um, European shiners basically. And uh, you can also use small perch actually, um, you know, where they're available. Um, it's mostly shiners though, uh, very common live baits. Uh, okay. For pike and and uh, zander, and for dead bait, you know, we can use uh, we use a lot of mackerel or herring. No, uh, I do that a lot actually because it's so much smoother than than having to catch and and uh, yes. keep live bait at home all the time. Yeah, so say- that's uh, basically you know fishing wise, it's the same. Uh, it's just the gear is a, a little bit different for those bigger predators. So for sh- for shelters or shanties or traps right, or yeah. whatever, what, what do you get? Do people just sit, are you sitting on a, you, a Menards pail over there? Do you <laughs> they don't have Menards. Or, <laughs> or what Ikea? 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 Ikea make I a only you, Ikea, yeah. <laughs> an Ikea five-gallon pail over there? Or what? That's it. That's another big difference. We don't have shelters or ice houses, shacks at all. I mean... Uh, we we have those in the north, but they're very rare, and it's more like a tourist attraction. You know, uh, they're not really used for fishing all that much. Um, a little here and there, but it's it's really not a thing. You know, but here in the south, we we just have chairs basically. You know, we have those fishing chairs, and we sit outside, which is a bit dumb actually because you're totally exposed. <laughs> uh, and uh, most of the time, freeze our. Uh, balls off or whatever <laughs> you have <laughs> that can freeze off um and uh, i i actually uh, I'm, i i do a lot of carp fishing as well so i, br- I bring my uh, what we call a bivy which is a carp fish you know a carp fishing tent an advanced kind of tent and uh, which is really easy to pop up and um, but it, it's really it's not meant for you know ice fishing and all i just bring it for when i bring the kids for some shelter you know um we don't use heaters much either like you have the mr buddy heaters or whatever you know very popular we don't use i mean now we we started to use fish finders we don't have the the vex wow. the vex, what are those called vexillars yep and that seem to be extremely common even though they look like a relic from the second world war to, <laughs> to our eyes it's like what is this what we, the hell is this we think the same thing they're like from all right all right yes, no, totally. <laughs> yeah and then came the you know the the the, the modern uh, what do you call them uh, the, the like the panoptics and stuff uh, mm-hmm. you know deepers uh those people use a lot now on the ice too but um they used to be just you know that you either you know your leg very well or you 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 know you you let down a, a lead on a line yep. and check the depth yeah you know um that's uh we, we don't have the kind of uh, leg sizes that you have for the most part um uh, we fish much smaller venues over here so mm-hmm. it's not i mean all the technology is and the, the you know the sh- the shelters it's not really necessary because we we don't do much night fishing either or you know overnighting um it's like day trips and then you go home and warm up and then you head out again you know because uh, it's i mean most of most of our lakes are just like maybe an hour or two away from Mm -hmm. home you know so it's, it's not really like giant trips like you do guys like you guys do 
So I want to I want to try to get to this quick before we run out of time. But car, do you carp fish then for through the ice? Have you done that? Is that a thing, or your carp fishing is more in the summer? Um, it's a good question. I've never done it through the ice. Okay, okay. So that's I, I know it's I know it's possible, but it's I don't think it's okay. very productive. So okay. we we'll keep that <laughs> so for summer. We'll, we'll let that go. I, I just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure, and I thought I'd ask. So would be I know cool Jeff, to try, Jeff but occasionally can catch a carp through the. All ice. right, yeah, uh, you you guys have way more than we do, so uh, you know it, it wouldn't be know. as easy to catch them here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever caught a carp through the ice. I don't know. So, so I was curious. You know, we were talking about Xander. Um, there, it was yeah. funny because there was a. I mean, who wouldn't want to catch a bigger walleye? Because a bit the biggest walleye, like here 32 inches is like i mean trophy like i think that's about as big maybe 34 j i don't know 32 30 i mean that's like fish of a lifetime you're never going to see another one right um but 40 inches i mean that's pretty interesting that you could get like a cousin to the walleye that's up to 40 inches i mean yeah (laughs) walleye here is like revered you put them on your walls you know you get you get one that big it's it's an awesome fish um but there was interesting there was this was probably 10 years ago or something um, there was actually kind of a controversy because some of the local restaurants were selling walleye and it was actually, oh, yeah. like they were I, in I, like DNA or yeah. something, but there was kind of a big deal, right? That like, oh, they're serving Xander and you couldn't really tell the <laughs> difference, but I don't know, it was kind of interesting. Uh, they're, they're very closely related. I, I think that at one point there used to be one species just, and then it just, you know, split up and um uh, actually covered uh, covered that topic in oh. a few in a few articles. If you Google Xander versus walleye, you should actually see me uh, my article on the top three results somewhere. And then uh, it's uh, it's uh, I, I see. I mean, there's a lot of traffic for those articles because it's very uh, you know when people hear about Xander or walleye here on the European side, they they get very very interested in that because they basically look the same and. Um, but the size, the size difference is so vast, you know, so it's really interesting topic. And I know a few lakes in North Dakota who actually have Xander. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> tip, tip <there>. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That at all. Oh, yeah. They, uh, I, I did an article on that, too. Um, uh, I talked to the guy who uh, is like... Um, they have like a little uh, club there, like a Xander club, or like an association or something. And um, they 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 actually imported them. Uh, I think it was in the eighties or nineties, something yeah. like that. And they they just stocked the lake uh, with it, and uh, they kind of uh, you know uh, multiplied. And uh, now it's a pretty uh, they have a pretty decent population there, <laughs> even though they don't get as big as as the European ones. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, in North Dakota. It's a pretty uh, popular thing, apparently. <laughs> huh. They like so, stuck a Xander in their pocket, flew over here and put it in the lake, and yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, a little I, bit on the way. Over. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if TSA would <laughs> approve of that. Yeah, I, I, it, apparently it was an official governmental uh, back thing, like very official, and everyone was in on it. And then, but then when they wanted to do it uh, in other states and regions, they said no because it would knock out the walleye populations. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. And, uh, that's not very popular. So. <laughs> so, what would the limit on Zan? So, like, if you're fishing, is it mainly catch and release? Do people catch to eat? Um, you know, what's the 
what's kind of the culture around the, the catch and release or, or yeah, that's another release. very good question. I was very surprised when I learned about your bag limits on, on everything and how much fish you actually take home. Uh, we don't do that at all, but then again, uh, we don't have the stock sizes that you guys have, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, when you fish crappy and you take home like 10 or 20, uh, we're like, oh my God, they're emptying the lakes. <laughs> but obviously it's kind of, I mean, from my understanding, it's kind of sustainable, um, you know, for the smaller species, at least. I mean, not everywhere, I guess, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's really difficult to say, but for us, it's really like, I mean, we do, we do like the English, we basically catch and release everything. Uh, we take home the occasional trout or uh, pike or perch, you know, sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, like recreational fishers, they will take home more, obviously. But if you like a sport fisherman, catch and release is really uh, a respectable thing to do around here. Um, but again, I mean, our stocks look very different from yours. And uh, sure. we, we've had a lot of depletion, uh, you know, in various waters. So for, I think here it makes a lot more sense, you know, because we don't have the kind of um, fish management that, that many of your states uh, luckily have, which is a sad thing. Here it's more like, okay, it's nature, whatever, takes care of itself, you know, <laughs> that kind of approach. So it's not really regulated. Um, you, you buy a license or not, and that's basically it, you know. Yeah. So a lot of catch and release here. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you're aware of, uh, you know, like uh, fish populations and their future, uh, then mm -hmm. it's just a sensible thing to do most of the time. Okay. So do you, you don't have then a favorite Northern or Pike or Xander recipe that you can <laughs> uh, Xander is actually quite, um, that is quite a popular food fish as well. Pike, not okay. so much. Uh, it's super bony. Uh, well, you, you guys know yeah. it, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> it's not really a, it's not really a steelhead or a salmon, you know? So, sure. so, um, but, but Xander gets served a lot here in restaurants, real Xander, not, not walleye or knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it sells for a lot of money, actually. So uh, there are some, you know, a few commercial fishermen who, who catch them and sell them to restaurants. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, you know, typical Swedish summer food would be a freshly grilled perch uh, with some mashed potatoes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I eat very little fish. Um, so, <laughs> okay. uh, you oh, know, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, other than that, uh, uh, you know, paradoxically, uh, fish is not a, as popular as you would suspect oh. in Sweden, other than the weird farmed Norwegian salmon that uh, I personally despise because they're full of toxins, but those sell everywhere, obviously, you know, wow. because they're farmed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what the typical Swede will buy for, for Christmas or, um, you know, various holidays, sadly. Well, and, and we still have to be careful with what we eat. I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's mercury in the water and in the fish. Yeah, yeah. There are recommendations yeah. that don't oh, eat yeah. too much and all that kind of stuff. So, of course. Well, I think we're, we, we've covered a lot of ground. So, Max, we always ask our, our visitors to tell us their best ice fishing story or legend as we conclude our interview. So, I, I suppose I should have warned you of this, but I prefer to not warn people. And that way they just, Tell that, yeah. you know, if you're sitting around and you're having a, a few, uh, 
adult beverages with a group of friends and fishing comes up and, and you're talking ice fishing. What, what's the story that you're going to tell? What's your, what's your legend or, or your go-to story about ice fishing? Um, well, there, I mean, there are many, but, but uh, it would have to be my, uh, my personal best pike. I think that's, uh, you know, that's worth telling because it was a pretty epic trip. Um, so, uh, I, I was, uh, actually, uh, guiding back in the day. It was like 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. I did some, um, you know, occasional guiding, uh, in the summer and the winter time for tourists, mostly German tourists, as I, you know, know the language. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they love, I mean, they love Sweden for the fishing, you know, I mean, it's overcrowded in Germany. So they come here to relax and fish. And then uh, when they don't catch anything, they just get a guide, <laughs> you know, catch a few pikes. They're super happy. So <laughs> we do that and we charge them a lot of money for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there was this guy uh, who wanted to, uh, you know, ice fish for pike. So I say, sure, you know, we'll go on my local uh, on my local lake we lived uh, in another city back then my wife and i and we had a lot of um, lakes just um, like urban lakes you know right in the city perfect small lakes you know a lot of uh, forage um, a lot of big pike in them so it's easy pickings right so we head out and uh, it was like yeah, horrible uh, weather it was like uh, just above uh, zero and uh, you know there was like this uh, couple of a cup, like an inch or two of water on the, on the ice. So it's I mean the ice was thick and stable, but it was really like horrible to walk around on it. You know. When you say zero, you're talking zero Celsius, right? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah yes. Celsius. No, no. So <laughs> yeah, which would be right, about right. thirty-two degrees in, in Fahrenheit. That's what I was right, like, right, water above zero, water above freezing, zero. right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, yes. yeah. Yeah, Fahrenheit versus Celsius. That's another. Yes great topic <laughs> so so uh, anyways it was warm for a couple of days but uh, you know it's like uh, you can probably relate you get those southern winds and suddenly the pressure is uh, changing and you think like yeah that's like the perfect weather for pike you know it, is, it just gets them going you know so we head out and we start to catch uh, fish immediately you know a couple of life uh, shiners four four rods each we head out and uh, then uh, the guy catches uh, an 18-pound uh, pike, you know, and he's, like, super happy, you know, like, really nice fish. I don't know, like, 35, 38 Ooh. inches, something like that. Yeah, you know, uh, nice winter fatty. And then uh, I got a, I got, a, I mean, yeah, our pie got a bit bigger than yours. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Everything's bigger. Everything's bigger. It is. It is. Yeah. That's. All. I mean, usually everything in America. I feel like is bigger, this is but... maybe maybe propaganda. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we. I, I think Sweden has one of the best pike waters in the world. Actually, uh, we oh. got really big fish here. You know, so so um, we we used to those forty plus. Uh, inchers, you know, yeah, we catch them every season, you know, 50 inches sometimes. No, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, wow. there was just a uh, there was just a guy, so a little off topic. Um, I think it was still open water, you know, it was always boat trolling, <laughs> and he catches this uh, 14 uh, kilo pike, which is what is uh, like 32 pounds or something. And uh, it it was actually a fifty inch, so, like oh a ginormous fish, and it's like whoa, like biggest wow. fish of the season. It made like headlines, you know, wow. in various wow. internet forums and Facebook. Yeah, so we we got them here, <laughs> and 
And uh, so back to the story. Yeah, so um, we catch a few small ones uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, all wet because of the water on the ice. Uh, and, and then I get a bite and uh, usually I would let the, the customer take the rods, you know, but he was just so happy uh, after his 18 pounder. So he say like, no, no, go ahead. It's fine. You can take it. You know, it's probably another smallie. <laughs> and, and then I hook up to this like, Ugh, like this real big fish you know like heavy like i was like oh what this is a really big fish and he's like yeah sure but it's probably not another 18 pounder right <laughs> i know it wasn't but it wasn't even bigger fish so the the cool thing was as the, there was ice and the there was water on the ice and the ice was like completely transparent you know so okay. that's a really cool thing when the pike comes comes up you know <laughs> under the under the surface and uh, you suddenly look look through the eyes and you see like this kind of tree under the ice you know it's wow. like oh my god what is it we the, the hole is too you know we don't get it through the hole and so we drilled two two more holes you know 10 oh inches so it was really like it turned out it it actually had a, a giant bait fish in his belly um like a uh maybe a small carp you know or a, what we call bream here um it's a you know like a smaller carp fish usually weighs a pound or two so you know that that adds a little weight and the fish was just uh, it's the one i maybe you saw the picture on my about page that's the one you know the picture is very old and you know and the quality is bad but you see how 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 thick it was you know like i never me measured the girth actually but it was wow. a real big fish and and so we, we got it through the through the three holes that we made kind of a you know a triangle <laughs> after like wow. 10 minutes really a horrible 10 minutes because it's like you have to hold the fish and you know drill the other hole. guy drills and it's like it's still there it's still there yeah, all right and then we get it out and uh, we weigh it and uh, you know we have like a wasteling and everything we put the fish in and the the, the my um my 22 um and my old 22 pound um uh, scale bottom out right it's like what the hell okay 22 so what do we do now he's like i just call it 22 i'm like no no i want to have the exact weight you know so i call a friend he's like, he gets down he, <laughs> yeah we, we put it back in the water actually uh we call a friend and he gets down with a digital uh scale which back then was uh, really a new thing you know so i i just had a manual one and his one was like 50 pounds i think the the scale so that was definitely enough and it, it topped out at uh i think it was 26 pounds or 25 something and uh it was really short it was like 43 inches only quote unquote 43 uh, inches yeah but you know for weight like that it's really like, it yeah. was it looked like a little pig you know uh, so i was like whoa it's wow. like wow that's the biggest pike i ever caught and the guy was like damn it i should have taken the rod i was like yeah you should have <laughs> but you didn't right <laughs> so it's my fish sorry yeah so uh, yeah and then uh well, we, we kind of, you know, we continued a little, but I mean, 18 and 26 in, uh, pounds, that's hard to beat, um, you know, for a single, we, we were just out a couple of hours, actually. Wow. And uh, it was like the perfect ice fishing trip, uh, you know, despite the old mm -hmm. water. And it was, that's, I mean, it was back in 2009, and that's, I still have, I haven't caught a bigger one yet. So but that's actually one of my goals there with a 30 pounder, uh, because I feel that I, kind of have to beat this yeah. one now. <laughs>
Well, when, when you do, call us and we'll interview you. Yes. It. Yeah, sure, sure. I can't <laughs> promise that it's uh, through the ice, it, though. It's got, I don't well, know. if it's not through the ice, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I better make it through the ice, right? <laughs> so so there's, I'll lay down that challenge. Maybe you sh- what you should do is you need to adjust your goal of saying, you know, that open water and then hard water. Well, yeah, that, that you know, better than you have even theory, more goals to go yes, for. It is fish theory, even more. You need, you need more fishing goals, and you can tell your wife that we laid that one down. <laughs> All right, <laughs> she'll probably you have, understand. You have, have to <laughs> rise to tons of tons of influence there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. actually well, Matt, that's a that's a good challenge. Actually, I accept yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Max, thank you so much for taking the time to yeah. chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having and, me. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. We encourage everybody to go check out your your site there at Strike and Catch, and um, and we'll we'll put the site up on our our page as well, so people have that for you. Much obliged. Well, that was awesome, Jeff. That was sure fun talking to him. I don't know how long this show is going to be because we talked to him for quite a while, like almost an hour. So, so some of it may be on the podcast, or we may put some more on the Facebook, or yeah. on our who knows. Well, more to come when Jeff edits. <laughs> which I appreciate that Jeff does because yes. I don't have to. Otherwise you, we'd be still on episode two, two. Yes. yes. From season one, from season one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say those first ones are probably rougher than their current ones. So yeah, probably that's okay though. All right. Well, thank you everybody. Tight lines. Cheers. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.